Well, good morning. It, morning. It's, it's so exciting for us to be here together for baptisms, which for us as a church really are some of the very best things that we get to do. If you're visiting for the baptisms today, let, just let me say to you, you join a room full of uh, imperfect people who are really most, mostly singing songs to someone who we've found to be perfect and welcoming of imperfect people like us. And so there's, there's singing and there's celebration and there's joy because for many of us, we're still amazed that, that God would happily know and receive the worship of someone like me. And it's like really amazing that God can be known, that God can be experienced, that we can sing songs and raise our hands. And it, it might look quite strange. I'm sure it looks very weird to some, to some here today. I don't doubt that. But my hope today, especially as you see people baptized, but as we take a few minutes to listen to God's word from the book of Romans, my hope is this, that at least you'll get an explanation as to why it is lots of people are singing songs today, (laughs) why it is lots of people are expressing worship, why we worship God, why we're confident to worship God today. So that's my hope. I'm not going to speak for very long. I have instructed the band that if I go on for too long, that to come up and stop me from speaking. I'm going to speak for about 20 minutes, okay? You can hold me to that. You can start booing me if I go on for too long, right? Okay, there you go. I don't mind. That's okay. You have my word. Lord, help me. Okay, so I'm in the book of Romans today. And as a church, we've been going through a series that we've called Glorious, exploring the character and the nature of God, thinking about who God is and what God is like. It's been great. And today we're thinking about the riches of God. The riches of God. And this passage of scripture is known as a doxology. And a doxology is a, a prayer of praise. It's a praising God prayer that we're looking at together. So we're going to read just three verses. Romans chapter 11 and verses 33 to 36. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? And who has ever given to God that he should be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we want to just acknowledge today that there is really no one that we've ever met like your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you truly are living and by your spirit, you're here today with us. So my prayer, Lord, is as we think about the riches of God, may we all really sample something of the gold, the treasure that is on offer to all of us today in you. I pray would you do that. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The very, very first word that I read is O. And it's actually just one letter in the Greek. It's the letter omega. O. Now, we all have... Various ways in which we choose to communicate and to express ourselves. 
Some of you would say you're excellent communicators. Some of you would say you're not so good. We communicate through words as we speak. We communicate through body language. We communicate through sighs and groans that come, if you like, from deep within that communicate something of our emotion. You know what it's like when you're not able to communicate as you would like to. If you're in a foreign country and you can't speak the language, it's so frustrating. A lack of communication can be really frustrating. When you've sent someone a message on WhatsApp and you've seen two blue ticks and they still haven't replied, isn't that annoying? I find that very annoying. That's a little bugbear of mine. You've read it. I can see that you've read it. Just reply. Okay? I'm one of those people who's generally on, on it when it comes to replying to messages, but that's frustrating. Communication's vital to how we do relationship, to how we communicate what we're feeling. And this is what's happening here. There's a, a deep sense of an emotion that's being communicated by the author of this book, the Apostle Paul, who I'll, I'll talk about in a moment. But that it's really a sound that he makes. What we have to understand is this letter is being dictated. So, so the Apostle Paul is dictating, he's speaking, and there's a scribe writing down what's happening here. And in this moment, it's not like Paul, who's dictating, goes, can you just write O? Okay? Just write O down, because I want to communicate emotion. What's happening here is Paul's going, oh, as his eyes are lifted up. Have you had one of those moments where you are feeling something so intensely that there's not a word that quite captures what you're feeling? Like I had one of these moments last week. My wife was with me. The post was delivered. And amongst the letters, there was a brown envelope which said HMRC on it. Now, I've learned. Now, generally, I'm an optimist. I'm a, the cup's half full kind of guy. That's who I am. Unless I get a letter from HMRC, in which case it is just bad news. So I rifle through the letters, and I find this one, and I'm like, oh, no. And Lizzie's like, what is it? I was like, look at this. It's a brown envelope. HMRC. This is going to be bad. This is going to be really bad. I've had problems with my tax codes. I was, I was not feeling optimistic. And so I opened the envelope up read the letter, and this is what I did. Literally, I went, <gasps> and Lizzie said, oh, no, how bad is it? <laughs> and I literally looked at it, and I said, well, the holiday's paid for. <laughs> <laughs> Massive tax rebate, and I'm feeling very smug, and I know some of you are a bit irritated right now. <laughs> My sigh gave way to a, sound, kind of a euphonic, it was a euphoric sound. It was expressing a happy sentiment. Now, there's something similar happening here in this passage. When Paul is saying, oh, this is, this has come from deep within. This isn't a shock or surprise like mine was, but it is an intensely emotive moment in the writing of this whole letter that is crucial for us to try and understand. And I, I'll tell you why. Because for so many, the idea of Christianity and of church is not a thought that elicits happy emotion. 
that for many, the thought of church and of Christianity conjures up all kinds of negative connotations of, it's a bit dull, it's a bit dry, it's a bit judgmental, or maybe it's very judgmental, it's very bigoted, and I don't really like Christianity, and maybe it's just possible that there may be one or two here, and you would say that's kind of where I sit. Maybe you've been dragged here today. (laughs) I'm getting baptized. You've got to come to church. But the reason why your friend or family member has invited you to come today is because they truly have experienced something from deep within them that has given way to a, oh, God is good. And this is what's happening here. Oh, the depth of the riches, the riches of God. And I want you to know today that the goal and the objective of the gospel of Christianity is not actually to make you into a good moral person. That to be a Christian actually is not primarily about being religious or about being good, or about doing certain things. The gospel is not primarily aiming for that. The gospel is not, the news of Christianity is not primarily aiming at your behaviors. The gospel is aiming for your heart. The gospel, the news of Jesus Christ, the news of who God is, the news of what God has done, and what God is like, has a big bullseye on my heart and that what God is aiming for for each of us is that we would come to a place where we with the apostle Paul when thinking about Jesus Christ would say oh wow isn't God amazing you might say what <laughs> why you might say what's so what's so amazing a What's so amazing about God? You may say, I'm a secular person. I don't believe in spirituality. I don't believe in anything other than what I can touch. What I can measure. Science is my God. Science. Let me ask you, do you believe in love? Do you believe in evil? Do you believe in awe? Do you believe in wonder? And how do you measure those things? And what scientific method do you have to measure those things? I did a biochemistry degree as an undergrad, so I've not always been in theology. And as a as studying biochemistry, I would, I'd regularly have people say to me, how can, you, how can you study science and have faith? I say, oh, no, 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 no. As I study science, I'm like, Wow. Look at how God has made this universe. It's so finely tuned. Everything's just so delicately poised and so extraordinary. And my DNA and my genes, so meticulous in how they've been designed in order to produce the amino acids that produce the proteins that produce the muscles that produce the organ. And that's the end of the science lesson for now. (laughs) I've come to realize there's awe to be found through science concerning the things of God. That's certainly not mutually exclusive, but I'd also say there are certain things that science just simply can't measure, get a hold of. And one of those is the fact that there are people in this room, possibly, 
that you love or outside of this room that you love and you believe those things to be true but you can't measure them. Now through the gospel, it's revealed to us that God is love. Now this passage, oh the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. What is it especially that Paul is thinking of when he speaks of the wisdom and of the knowledge concerning what? Is it just that God's just so wise, so knowledgeable? If you, if you have your Bibles open, which you might, the verse before says this. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience so that he ha- may have mercy on all. And then the verse afterwards, chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifices. There's a theme here. And the theme is mer- the mercies of God. The theme is God's mercy. This whole letter has been This man, the Apostle Paul, teaching on the mercies of God. How it is that God has revealed himself to people, ordinary, imperfect people, not only revealed himself, but how he's drawn different types of people together to be one people, like we are in this church. Lots of different backgrounds, lots of different experiences, but joined together. There's been a reconciliation between people who are hostile towards each other. In this context, it was Jews and Gentiles who are non-Jews, who are hostile, didn't spend any time together. Suddenly, they find themselves arm in arm, singing like we were singing, praising God. And this man, the Apostle Paul, has explained how it is these things have been made possible. And it's also important that we understand that this guy himself once killed Christians. This guy himself once had his heart so hard against this message that we're talking about today that he spent his life tracking down Christians and killing them until it was that the riches of God were made known to him through an encounter with Jesus, that he met Jesus. I'm going to just do this. Can I just ask, if, you, if you've met Jesus... Would you just raise your hand? Jesus can be met today, even if you've never met him. It can be known today. We're baptizing people who are going to tell you, in their own words, they've met Jesus. They've had something of his mercy revealed. Oh, the depths. Oh, the depths. And and Paul loves to speak of it as riches. So in Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read briefly a few verses to you where this idea is picked up on, again, verse 4, that God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he loved us, has made us alive with Christ. Even though you were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace. What is that? Through faith. This is not of yourselves. It's God's gift. Not from works that no one can boast. So every single person who's raised their hands just now, who claims to know Jesus, huge claim, does so on the basis of nothing other than a gift that they received. They're no better than anyone else. There's no earning this gift. 
No true gift is earned, is it? It's a gift. And it comes from the immeasurable riches of God. So if you're sat here thinking, well, I'm not sure I've received this, this gift, you can do today. And you want to. What do you mean I want to? Don't tell me what I want. Well, I just want to put it to you. I want you to just imagine with me. What if it was possible for all conflicts to end? What if it were possible for all hatred to end? What if it were possible for all racism to end? What if it were possible for bitterness and slander and bullying to end? What if it were possible that this planet doesn't end in a climate catastrophe but is made new? What if it is possible that there would be no more disease or virus? What if it were possible if there were never again loved ones dying? What if it were possible if death itself could end and there would only be paradise, eternal life in a perfect creation for all? Do you want that? Because if you do, then you want what the gospel promises. You want what the gospel promises. You do want it. Because no one says, no, actually what I want is hatred And what I want is pain, and I want is death. And even if you were to speak it, you're speaking it because of the effects of those things upon your heart. And what we're talking about today is a light that has shone into the dark places. And each of us will have a story of what that has meant for us. But there is treasure for you today, beyond your ability to grasp. Oh, the depths. When we think of depths, we think of the ocean. I've got some incredible stats about the ocean. I'm not going to read all of them out because I I want to be on time, as you may recall. The average depth of the ocean is 2.5 miles deep. Mount Everest, as you know, the highest point on Earth, is 5.49 miles up. The Challenger Deep is 6.86 miles down. Get to Everest, you've got another mile to go to get to the deepest part of the ocean. There's 20,000 tons of gold, they reckon, down there. In the, in, the, in, in the depths of the ocean, we've only explored, in terms of where we know life is, we've only explored 10%. Anyway, I'll leave it there. My point is, when we think of the oceans, we think of hiddenness, we think of treasure, we think of vastness, we think of so much which is yet to be explored. And, and Paul's revelation is the riches of God are unsearchable beyond the oceans. And he's just taken a deep dive. Deep dive. A deep dive into these things. And he's coming up. And he's coming up. And he's expressing himself. Oh, the depths. And he's amazed. And that is what the gospel's aiming for in our hearts, which is why we sing, which is why we baptize, which is why in a moment there's going to be laughter and there's going to be applause and there's going to be celebration because each of these people have seen or experienced something of these riches and you can know it as well today by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, by saying I'm not going to be my own personal savior, I need help. Everyone that's put their hand up has come to a point of saying I need help That's hard. 
for many of us, need is the thing we don't have. And you need, you need to recognize your need deep down. I'm going to finish now, and I'm going to ask, how have I done? Am I okay? Oh, he's just there, right on cue. Okay. Father, I thank you for what we've seen in this passage. And I thank you that there are riches in God beyond our ability to comprehend. I thank you for these people who are being baptized today and what they've seen and known. And I just pray, Lord, help us to at least explore this further. But more than that, taste and see that the Lord is good for each and every one of us, I pray. Amen.